Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,355. Never, never, never give up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from beautiful Alpine, California, down near where I grew up, Jennifer Swanson. Hey, Jenny, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? There's no better kind. All right. Love it. Jennifer Jenny Swanson is a member of the Board of Directors for Athena Racing, an organization founded by past Cars yeah, guest Loxley Brown, designed to support young women in racing. Jenny is a racer herself who loves to wrench on her cars, both race cars and vintage cars. In fact, she and her daughter are restoring a 1964 Ford Ranchero. Her career started in commercial real estate and property management more than 20 years ago. She went back to school, to law school, and has been practicing real estate attorney since 2012, where she helps commercial landlords with their transactional needs. She's been featured in the Wall Street Journal and Corvette Magazine. That's an interesting balance for her racing. And she is a super lawyer's rising star for two consecutive years. Jenny is also a member of the executive committee for the California Lawyers Association Real Property Law Section. So, Jenny, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more before I jump into the questions about your career and obviously a passion you have for automobiles and racing? I will. Thanks, Mark. I do have a passion for automobiles and racing, and I could talk about that forever. Um, but let me talk about work a little bit first and how it kind of interacts with that passion. I am a commercial real estate attorney and I do love real estate. Um, I worked on my own as a solo practitioner for a while. I'm at a firm in town now um, working with some other attorneys, kind of nice having company. And I do, I do real estate. I help, like you said, commercial landlords with whatever they need. But I also have this little um, portion of my practice that I did not tell you about and it is collector car law. And I get to help um, collectors now that the, now that that's a thing. It wasn't a thing when I was a kid, but now it is. And and they have to buy and sell these you know million dollar cars, and people are we're doing it on a handshake. And you know I'm telling these guys you, you need something more than that. So I help with that. And then of course, like you said, I'm on the board of Athena Racing, which I feel very passionate about because I have a daughter who's going into college. She's going to be a mechanical engineer. Um, she loves cars. She loves racing. Like you said, we're restoring our Ranchero. And Athena is something that can help open doors for her um, in what is really truly still a male-dominated industry. So I, I take those three things, and that's what I do all day long. <laughs> and somehow they you all know, mesh together. 
You know, this is pretty cool. And uh, my wife, I think I told you in our pre-show chat, my wife and I met in college and she was an engineering major and one of the very few women there. And when she got a job, she, she studied mechanical engineering as well. And when she got a job in the firm she was at, she was the only woman other than the receptionist up front and maybe the bookkeeper, I believe, who was in, in the, that business. And it was, it was challenging many times. Now, this was a little while ago. I'm not going to age her because she might be within earshot and she'll throw something at me, but, uh, <laughs> and she's a good aim too. So I don't want to get hit. But, uh, but you know, yeah, it is great. And when I had Loxley on the show, I loved what she's doing and the fact that she's surrounding herself with very smart people and passionate people like you, I think is really, really great. And I, I love the fact too that I've just learned something new about you with this portion of the law with collector cars. I would assume it's very much like uh, what John Dranius, who's a past guest here on Cars, yeah, a lawyer down in Oregon who works as a, a, a writer for a Sports Car Market Magazine with Keith Martin does as well, right? So you, you caught me. He was my um, inspiration for that, actually. Ah, when I perfect. When I first started my office, somebody told me about him and I called him and he's in, you know, up there where you are and I'm down here. And so we don't cross paths very often, but I, I talked to him, what do you do and how do you integrate that? And he yeah. was super generous and told me about it and definitely my inspiration. I would never have thought of it if not for him. So that's well. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, you listeners can go back and listen to my talk with John. I've known him for a long time, probably as long as I've known Keith Martin up here in the Northwest. They're down in Oregon. I'm in Washington, but, uh, it's a very special part of the law. And of course, the way valuations have happened with cars. Yeah. You're not dealing with little sums of money anymore. I mean, even common cars, uh, are going for hundreds of thousands of dollars and those kind of transactions need some, uh, legal ease behind them to protect both parties. So I think this is great what you're doing. As we continue on your journey, though, I want to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your career. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah, I know you love to get in a car and drive. So, Jenny, take the wheel. So, my quote would be simple. It's never, never, never give up. And Winston Churchill is credited with that. And somebody gave it to me, I think, forever ago. And I've got the magnet. and. I know it's simple. It's not, you know, it, it's so simple and, and yet it's so true. You just don't, don't give up. Just what, and no matter how hard it seems, keep going, whether it's, I've got two more laps to go and, you know, I know I can get past that car or the car is overheating or whether it's at work <laughs> and things just aren't coming together and, and you got to get out there and market or you've got to make a deal work. Just don't give up. Just don't, you know, if, if you keep trying and you have tenacity, it's not going to be too hard. Well, Jenny, you're a racer at heart because I've interviewed hundreds, literally hundreds of racers on cars yeah, over the last five years. And I can tell you almost virtually every race car driver I've interviewed, that is their mantra. Never, ever, never, ever, ever give up. So it's so true. And it works on the track, but it works in life as well. Just when you think you're beat, you know what? There might be another angle and another way to dive into that corner. Uh, one last chance to pass or the guy in front of you does something silly and goes off the course. Mm -hmm. and you get to pass him. So uh, just copy that for life as well. I wish I'd known yeah. that in high school. I would have had a lot more dates because I would have asked a lot more girls out, but <laughs> maybe there's a reason for that. Well, let's go back in time. I want you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. I know your dad is a racer. Uh, in fact, we were talking, we might have even raced together at one time way back uh, in the day, but, uh, but your dad and I, I mean, but uh, tell me about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car gal. Oh, well, it's my dad. 
And actually, it's Portland. We were talking pre-show about the Portland Historic. My yep. dad took me up in 19-something, mm, 19 and it was yep. for one of the very early Portland Historic races, and I was about six years old. And I remember going up there. He had a 57 Corvette, and he was racing it, and it was him and I, and that was it. And he took us, took me up there. And I, you know, polish the car because that's what you do at six. And yep. the people putting next to us watched me while he went out on the track because remember back then it wasn't like, you know, people think of vintage races, I think, and they think of Monterey, which is a wonderful race and a beautiful show, but there's thousands and thousands of people and you could never do that now. Then it was, you know, a hundred people there for a race and you knew the guy next to you and it, it, it's a different level. So. My dad was not being irresponsible leaving me with people. <laughs> no, I think you turned out okay, Jenny. So you're doing good. <laughs> but yeah, no, watching him in the Corvette and, and just the, everybody working on it. And then he went out and he did it and everything smelled good and it sounded exciting and people went fast and the cars were so cool. And I, yeah, I went to everyone after that. I was hooked. Wow. That's pretty cool. You know, I've got a big smile on my face because when I moved up here to the Pacific Northwest, my son was probably well, he was actually four months old, but I remember learning about historic racing and going to a sovereign race up at Bremerton, where they had one up at the old uh, airstrip up there. And I was driving a 66 GT350 Shelby Mustang at the time. I took my son up there and I have a great picture of him sitting on the fender and we watched the races. And I said to him, I'm going to do this someday. And sure enough, he became my five, six-year-old pit crew member, helping me with my Lotus and the Lola and stuff. And yeah, you could just go out on the track and the guy next to you who's in a different division would watch your child and everything was cool and, you know, it was great. So uh, I think that's great. Your dad passed that along to you. What I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. This could be racing, could be your life, could be anything you want to share. But more importantly, what did that experience teach you that you could come out positive on the other end with? I think probably the biggest challenge, I mean, gosh, there's so many, right? Especially, you know, I've got two kids and there's a challenge in that. Oh, yeah. And anytime you go racing, of course, there's a challenge in that. But I think for me, my biggest challenge is when I decided to go back to law school, you know, I had been commercial property manager for 15 years-ish, had a career, and came home one day and said to my family, hey, family. I think I'm going to quit my job and go to law school. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd been a fly on the wall at that dinner table. (laughs) Well, luckily, I have an amazing husband and he was completely supportive. And my kids were, I think, junior high and just, they're five years apart. So they were just around either bookends on junior high. And so they were old enough that they knew. And it really was hard for all. I lived in Alpine, um, which is East San Diego. And Mm -hmm. I commuted up to Irvine in Orange County to go to school. Oh my and gosh. It was, yeah, a lot of train time. But my family being there and, and everybody coming together and working, my dad helped and my mom helped and my, my immediate family helped. And that to me, it was, you know, hard. I did a lot of work, but seeing everybody else support me like that was just really cool. I think it taught my kids a really great lesson about one, never, never, never give up because you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And two, it, what a valuable resource it is to have people around you who will work yeah. for you and support you and help you in your dreams because you can't do it without that. No, I can only imagine that you are quite an inspiration for your children. You and I share something. My kids are five years apart as well. 
And I remember my wife uh, studying for her engineering license in the state of California, and she was pregnant with our first child and very close to delivering when the the three-day exam came up that she had to take. Yeah. And uh, just how difficult that was. She was also working full-time, you know, as an engineer. So you're, you know, working 10-hour days and so forth. So I have to give props to your wife because that's very impressive. So, yeah, well. yeah, and she's a very smart lady for sure. But, um, but that's really tremendous. And I have to ask you, you know, because a lot of people, after they've been working in a, a field, especially once you have kids, you feel like you're kind of trapped, like you can't stop and go back. I mean, there's still bills to pay, there's college looming, there's all this stuff. And if you're, you're into cars and toys, you got those expenses. Now, what made you go back to a serious, and not that any degree is not serious, but a law degree? That takes some effort and some work. Um, why the l- practice of law? And I see how you folded it back into your career, but did you see that opportunity further? Or are you just someone that likes to throw some big challenges your way? <laughs> a little bit of both. I really did go back to law school with the intent of being a real estate lawyer. That was where I went with it. It's what I liked best about what I did. At the time, I, you know, when I, at the time being when I wanted to go back to law school, I didn't understand the practice of law like I do now, obviously. And you have different ideas, but I do like what I do. And yeah, that was the intent was it can give me some autonomy, some independence, because once you can practice law, you know, you can do that on your own and you can have some flexibility and you can do other things. If you have a law degree, you're not, you know, and I really, I knew my kids were going to grow up and they were going to go and I needed to have my own thing and what was it going to be? And I'd kind of done what I could do and as a manager of real estate. And so this was, this was the next thing for me. Very cool. Well, you're a nice inspiration for folks that out there that might think, oh gosh, I'm too far along. I can't change a whole direction here. No, you can. It just takes a whole yeah. lot of work. And, I, and like I you said, support. Yeah. I tell yeah. my kids that all the time because my daughter is just starting her first year um, in college in the fall, and she's nice. so worried because she's like, I have to pick my major, and I have to, oh, I and I think I want uh, to, honey, you can change. You're yeah. never stuck. Look at me. Right. Exactly. You can always yeah. change. Yeah. I think I changed, changed my major like four times, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do it. And congratulations, too. I understand your son just graduated from college. Yeah, my son just graduated. It was a busy year here in the Swanson household because my Definitely. son graduated from college and my daughter graduated from high school. And nice. um, my son lived at home while he went to college because he went to school here in town and wanted to save the money. Um, super proud of him. He graduated debt-free, which is huge. Nice, um, nice job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very so cool. He's moving out at the end of the year. My daughter's moving out to go to school at the end of the year. It's wow. been a year of changes. Yeah. Well, it, you're in for a big one here with this empty nester thing, because that is a major, major change. More time to work on the race car. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I do have to admit, I walk, walk by my kids' rooms at night when I go to bed and look in these empty, dark rooms and uh, get a little lump in my throat, because I, I sure I do know. miss them. But, uh, I joke about it, but I know. Yeah, my dad told me, your job as a parent is to raise your children, love them, care for them, and make sure that they grow up and become independent adults that can give back to society and support themselves. And then he looked at me and he said, here's the most important reason why. So they never move home again. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. I, somebody told me once that your job is, parenting is the only job that the goal of it 
is to work yourself out of a job. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... I thought that was a unique perspective, but right on. Well, that's what nature does, although they kick them out of the nest a little earlier than we do. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an important thing because they need to support themselves and move forward and build their own lives. So it's a wonderful thing when that happens. So congratulations to you and your husband for what you've done there because that is a lot of work as as a great parent. Hey, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Does it have to be my car or can it be any car I drove? Hey, it's your show. It can be anything you want. So my favorite car, my first, the first car that really spoke to me, and I alluded to this earlier, was the 57 Corvette my dad had because I grew up wrenching on that car. And then when I was 18, daddy, oh, daddy, I'd really like to drive your car. Yeah. And he said, um, okay, you can drive it if you know how to fix it, if you break it. And that was the deal. I mean, I'd broken it. In fact, we were at Portland and we actually had, it, got, it overheated. Something happened in the head and it actually scored a trough between the valve intake and, and exhaust valve on two of the cylinders right in the head. So, uh, you know, we lost compression. I think it was like, like three and five. Yep. And my dad's like, yep. well, I guess you're going to learn what heads are and how to rebuild them and what you need to do and where are <laughs> you, you getting the money for that? So, yeah. but that car was, you know, special to me because I grew up with it, watching my dad drive it. And then it was the first car I ever raced. And a 57 Corvette is a hard car to drive. Like it's uh, yeah. a solid axle and it yep. did not have power steering. And, and my dad took me out to Willow Springs and mm-hmm. we went to Vara, which is the Benedetto Association, you know, yep. Vintage Auto Racing Association, as you know. And yep. I did their novice weekend and everybody had a really great time putting huge, big X's on the car and telling me how novice I was. And, and I um, <laughs> managed to run out of gas on the front straight on my second practice. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was fun time. <laughs> But just learning how to really throw that car around the track. And after a couple yeah. of years, I got to the point where I did. I knew how to do it. And it was so fun. And I remember yeah. we were up at Monterey one year. And people were like, oh, it's so cute that there's a girl out there with us. And I thought, <laughs> okay, this is, this is not going to happen. And we went out and did our weekend. And at the after Sunday morning's practice, before Sunday afternoon's race, Paul Reinhardt, who was a big solid axle guy at SCCA back in the day, came over to my pit and said, Hey, Jenny, I was just wondering, how do you take corner? I think it was three. Like, you know, what is, what is your line through there? Cause I was having yeah. a lot of problems and my car was breaking a little loose and we talked racing. And I oh, thought, wow. you know, we went from, isn't that cute to one of the most respected solid axle drivers at the event that weekend. Nice. Because when you get in the car and you drive, if you're good at what you do, that's the most important part. So that car, that car has, you know, my, my special, my dad has since sold it. We don't have it anymore. Someday oh. I know who has it and he lives in Washington and I have told him I get first dibs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that happens. Uh, I've let some cars go that my kids weren't so happy about either, but you probably, since you've been up and down the West coast racing, you probably know of the Armstrongs, Susan and Tom. Absolutely. Susan, you can yeah. drive a real pretty, was it 63 Corvette, yeah. I think? Yeah, Susan, yeah. yeah. And, and when you were talking, I'm I was thinking of her. her in fact. Yeah. Okay, of course, uh, we lost Tom a few years ago, sadly. I mean, right. he's just, he was a great guy. I mean, both of them are fantastic. And he was a guy that really helped me in my early years of vintage racing uh, in many ways. He was so supportive and, and so helpful and just a gracious person. I remember Susan 
JNL Fabricating, Louis Shefshik, who's been a guest and a friend of mine for 20 plus mm-hmm. years, set up her car for racing. And Susan is a tiny woman. She's very petite. Yes. And how they had to, they had to do special seat mounts, special pedals, yes. so she could reach the pedals in that Corvette. Uh, that she mm-hmm. drove, and uh, yeah, she could rip it up. I mean, she could drive. Oh, she was so, an uh, amazing driver. Yeah, when I started yeah. driving, she was driving actively, and I just thought that that was just very cool because she could. She knew what she was doing with that car. Without yeah, a doubt, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. shout out. That's to, funny uh, you to, mentioned um, J and L fabricating because that is who now does the prep on that '57 that my dad used to own. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've known Louie and his crew for a long time. Mm-hmm. They do yeah, some so, incredible work. Yeah. Oh, they're amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. L- they Larry on, Webb uh, is the name of the guy that works on my dad's car. Or not not my dad's car anymore. The 57. Yeah. And well, it'll always, always kind of be your dad's car. So, very cool. Well, how about Seller's Remorse? Is it the same story, that 57? It sounds like you already told the Seller's Remorse story of, of our talk today. It's not. Because that was my dad's car. And I wish he hadn't sold it. But the one that I sold that I wish I had kept. So, okay, to not sound spoiled, my very first car was a 914, a Porsche 914. Ooh, nice. Um, right? And I, yeah. I think we talked about this earlier. You don't know how good you've got it till you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. that car, we bought it for like two grand, right? And now they're worth fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. It's ridiculous. But, and I sold it. The fuel injection kept breaking down and I was pissed and I was 17 and or 18 years old. And I was like, I'm just selling it for nothing. I love 914s. I've had a couple of them since then. I wish I kept that one. Yeah. Yeah. I had a 73 2.0 uh, that I bought oh, with the nice. idea of, of my son driving that as his first car. My kids went to school, high school, a little junior high and high school, a little ways away from where we live. And so my wife wasn't too keen on him driving that up here in the rain in the winter. Uh, little car, right. you know. And so we well, got him. Well, I was to Colorado for a year. So I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. I really enjoyed driving that car. It was quite fun. And what was interesting about it was a lot of younger people had no idea what it was. They'd never seen one. You don't see many of them around, really, unless you run in certain circles. And so uh, they really stood out. Of course, we all wish we had the 914.6, which is the the really special 914, but uh, they're cool. My dad had one of those for a little while. And I'll tell you what, I I drove his six, and then I had one later that was a 72 that I dropped a 2.0 in. And uh-huh. I preferred my 2.0 over his 6. Really? Why is not, that? I just liked the way it handled better. So for the horsepower that you get, I've got my Corvette and I love it, right? <laughs> and the, yeah. And the, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not using the horsepower. And the 6 had more power. But yeah. I just enjoyed, I think because I just drove it around the street. Maybe yeah. if it was a track car, I would have thought differently. But I just liked driving my 2.0 around on the street. I, I yeah. had fun with it. I had to sell it to pay for law school. Well, so, yeah, we've all done yeah. some of that stuff too. So my, my old cars paid for a lot of college for kids. So that's a good thing. I think it seems to have worked out well. Good investment. Well, I would love for you to talk about what has you excited and fired up today. Let's talk a little bit more about Athena Racing and your involvement. Because when Loxley was on the show, she talked about this whole program she set up to help young girls. You see how it relates directly to your family member, your daughter, and what she will be doing with her career. Why did you get involved with this? And what does Athena Racing mean to you? So I'm glad you brought it back around to Athena Racing because that is what I'm really excited about right now. That's my kind of passion project. It's it's Loxley's passion project, but she's definitely been nice enough to share it with me and let me be involved too. She's good at sharing passion, isn't she? (laughs) She has passion to spare, yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too, Shout out to Loxley. For me, gosh, I can just picture myself at my daughter's age at 18 thinking, dad, I want to drive your car. And, and he's like, okay, if he hadn't had a car for me to drive, what would I have done? How would I have been able to get into that? Would I have even been exposed to something like that? And so for Athena Racing to go out for these girls and be able to open the possibilities for them, show them this is what you can do, and especially for girls who know that they like cars or you know know that they like something about it but haven't really had the exposure and don't have that in, this program does that. And not only does it do that, not only does it show them, you know, here's what the cars are all about, it ties it to real life with the 10 different tracks that she has them going through to for her learning, you know, it shows you how you can take these concepts, um, whether it's the engineering or the branding or the finance or, you know, the, actually the racing and how that relates to life and how do you integrate that. And I think that is really neat because for a long time in my life, racing was one thing and it was fun and it was a hobby. And it was just kind of this other thing. And then I went and did, did real life. I had no idea. I could have done something in the mod- automotive industry or that I could have done anything. It just never occurred to me, I love cars. I should work in an industry like that. It just didn't. And this, I think, opens that door for these girls as well as shows them, you know, like my daughter, you want to be an engineer? Here, come get your hands dirty and see what happens. This is how it works. And I think that hands-on opportunity. And then, of course, from the practical side of it, too, when the girls put in their college application or put in an internship, you know, if they're already in college and they want an internship somewhere, they can say, hey, I was part of this racing team and we built this spec Miata and I did all 10 of these tracks and this is what I've learned and this is what I did and this is where I've been. And here's hands-on experience that's in-depth and, you know, not just this kind of cursory thing. And that gives them a leg up, I think. It's fantastic. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's great. And we'll make sure I put a link on Jenny's show notes page here at Cars Yeah, so you can learn more about Athena Racing and so forth. And uh, we'll also put a link to your law firm if you'd like as well. We'll get back to that at the end of our talk. But up next is the last lap. So before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, 
thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah! Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Jenny, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you found yourself as a vehicle, actually manifested into a car, what would Jenny be and why? Jenny would be a Cadillac CTSV. And the reason, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a car that gets things done. It's a mama car, right? I had one. I took my kids <laughs> everywhere. You can carry yeah. the groceries in it. You can take people where they need to go. Yeah. But when you want to get out there and just drive like crazy, you can do that too. Yeah. It's got some juice to it. Yeah. Those are great cars. Fantastic. Yeah. Great answer to that question. All right. We are entering the last lap. You've been here many times. The white flag's out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Cadillac throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice or racing advice you've ever received? Racing advice. Dick Goldstrand told me, see that pedal in the middle? That's the slow pedal. Don't touch the slow pedal. <laughs> I love it. That's pretty cool. Yep, it was and, awesome. know, there's a, yeah. There's a, a saying, I'm trying to remember who said it. it was somebody famous, I think, like Steve McQueen or Paul Newman that came in and someone said, how's the brakes? He goes, I don't know. I didn't touch them. <laughs> right. So, exactly. Yeah. Someday when we Would have you, more time, I'll tell you about how my brake pedal fell off my car and, and how that really worked out. Yeah. Oh, another okay. day. Yeah. Come yeah. Back. That's for that's another trip around the track. Or maybe we don't quite make it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I'm very organized. I keep a handwritten calendar, day planner, one of those old like Rolodex ones. Day timers. Yeah. Yes. A day timer. Exactly. Organization. Yeah. I tell you, yeah, I used one of those for so long and I've, I've weaned myself off. It was very, very hard to do to go all electronic, but I, I did it. But it was a, I, in fact, I, I still had the date, the last day timer leather bound six ring or nine ring binder. Those things came in and I just got rid of it just about a month you know, ago. It just, I tried <laughs> to go all electronic. I did. And I realized. Not how my brain works. I guess I'm old. I don't know. I just gave up. I have to keep it electronically on the computer, of course, for work and stuff. But yeah, I print it out yeah. and I keep it by hand because it's just it's why it's still it, that's how my brain works. Yep, I like to write things down too. A lot of my successful guests keep handwritten notes, so it's a good attribute. Now, how about a resource? Is there one out there you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I would like everybody to go to athenaracing.org and see what that's all about. Of course, because that's a wonderful. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not really a resource. And you asked me this before, and I, you know, I I don't know. I, I kind of came up with a blank. I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, I think I that's a great I'm... one for people to know about. What I typically ask people, maybe there's a blog you like to read. There could be a podcast you like to listen to. Maybe it's a website you find yourself on quite a bit, an app that you use every day. 
uh, could even be a person in your life like your dad. Well, of course, I think my dad is the end all of everything because he's my dad. I'm a terrible person. I don't read blogs. I don't listen to podcasts. I try to stay away from the news. <laughs> I'm going to have to change you there, Jenny, because now that you're a podcast star. Well, have to listen. Okay, so I would say then that my resource would be the Cars Yeah podcast. There you go. That's what I was angling for. So uh, <laughs> checks checks in the mail. You can buy a set of tires with that check. How does that sound? Yes. <laughs> very, very nice. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Um, it would be, and I'm going to get her name wrong because I'm terrible with names. It's Mary, I think it's Vara. She's the CEO of GM. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, I would love to sit down because she works in the automotive industry. Her story is that she started, you know, checking fenders for quality assurance and she's worked her way up. And I would just like to, and I don't necessarily agree with all the things I've seen her do with GM, but I like how she thinks. And I've, I admire women who are CEOs and who have done that and managed to get there. And I just, I think it'd be really interesting. To yeah, talk to her yeah, it would be. Love to have her on this show. She's hard to reach, but uh, I keep trying to get her one of these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she's kind of busy. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading? The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein. My favorite book yeah. of all time. Yeah. Well, I, I assume then you're excited to hear the movie's coming out August 9th. I just heard about that. And here's the funny thing. August 9th is the Friday of the Monterey, or what do they call it now? Rolex. Prehistorics. It's the Prehistorics, yeah. but they don't call it that anymore. They call it the I know. I know, yeah, but I'm know. I'm calling it the prehistorics forever. I can't. Thank I'm not going to change. Me too. I, I can't. They're not going to so, make me change from that. So that's the Friday night of the prehistorics. So I think my daughter's coming up because my dad is driving. I'm crewing. My daughter's crewing. I think we're all going to be up there. We're going to try and find a theater in Monterey the night of the prehistorics and go watch that movie. How cool yeah, is that? I'd be yeah. really cool. You know, that's the most recommended book here on Cars. Yeah, by far. Garstein was a guest on my show, so maybe I can get you to listen to his his oh, uh, yes. his podcast. You sure. can find it on the Cars Yeah website, and uh, he talks about why he wrote that book and how that all came together. And at the time he was on the show, he was just talking about trying to get a movie made, but he said it's it's a long way away, and uh, here we are. It's almost done, so uh, kudos to Garth for doing that. I'll remind you, listeners, you can find all these links that Jenny's been so kind to share on her very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Jenny or Jennifer Swanson, S-W-A-N-S-O-N, and that page will pop right up. All right, Jenny, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. I'm going to buy you a collector card today. Any collector card, doesn't matter who owns it or where it is or what it is, I'm going to park it in your garage out there in beautiful Alpine, but there's a couple rules to this game. One is You need to drive it. No garage queens allowed here. The other is it's the only collector car you can have in your garage. And last but not least, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with or pay for your daughter's college education. So that little trick is off the table. Sorry about that. What's it going to be? So it's the only one I can have in my garage. Yeah, you can just have one. That's the hardest part. I can only have one. Of course. Can't make it easy. And I've got to drive it. There's so many answers and they're all so cliche. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you say, oh, mid 60s Ferrari, or I want, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think if it was only one collector car, I would tell you, go get my dad's Corvette back. I want it. I want the 57 back. Okay. All right. Well, now that I know where it's worked on, I can sneak up there at Louis's place, <laughs> drive it out, drive it out of his shop out there in Puyallup and uh, bring it down there to uh, San Diego County for you. So, 
57 Corvette, dad's old Corvette. I think that's a nice choice. Yeah, that's the one to have for sure. There's just too many memories tied to that car for sure. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, very, very nicely done. Well, Jenny, you've taken me on a great ride around the track. I knew you would today. Really enjoyed your stories. Want to thank you for sharing your journey. Want to shout out to Loxley Brown for connecting us, getting you on the show. Really impressed with what you've done with your life and where things are going in the future. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in dad's 57 Corvette? <laughs> I go back to, you know, don't give up. Don't, and don't give up goes to if you think you're stuck, if you think you're on a road that is not going the direction you want to go, make a U-turn, try again. You know, don't, it's just because you get off track doesn't mean you have to stop. Um, yeah. Especially for the young ladies out there. Do not give up. Do not let anyone tell you that because you are a girl, a lady, a woman, you can't do this, or this is a guy's thing, or why are you here? Do it anyway. Do it anyway, and don't look back. Absolutely. And we know we gave a link to athenaracing.org. Is there a link to your company's law firm we can put out there? If there's somebody down there in the San Diego area, uh, San Diego County, that needs some help like that? Yeah. um, So we are at cblg.biz. It's the initials for California Business Law Group. Biz. So cblg.biz. And we, you know, I can do any of the transactional. I do the collector car, the commercial real estate, and of course, also business law. And then my partners um, will litigate. If you absolutely have to fight about something, somebody else in the office can help with that. There you go. I'll make sure I put those links on Jenny Shono's page here at Cars. Yeah, so you can check those out. Jenny, thanks for being so generous today with your time your expertise and your passion and for sharing your stories with the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.